So I would say every adventure has a beginning, and you guys, you had quite the adventure and quite the beginning getting there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. It it, it definitely, definitely, like you said, it's a, it was an adventure for sure. Yeah, and this was both your guys' first trip, right? No, no, I, I was up there before, um, years ago, had an, a couple unsuccessful trips up there to uh, chase lynx. Well, we never did have a problem chasing them. We just had a problem catching them. So catching them—that's always the yeah. hard part, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. I know you guys were hunting the same area as Buddy. So for our listeners, we got John and Ross with us. Um, Ross Feenstra, you're you're a return guest. Most of our listeners will know you, but you brought your partner in crime on with us today, John. And is it McLaren? Yep. Yep. McLaren. See, I learned how to not butcher them, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys just got back because you had a pretty epic lynx trip too. And if people are sick of hearing about lynx hunts, I, I don't know what to tell you. Cause that's, that's like the, the bucket list of most houndsmen is like going and hunting Canada for, you know, lion lynx whatever so i mean what what kind of prompted you to go ross did john twist your arm hard enough or was this something you wanted to do and you suckered him into going again no it's something it's definitely something i've always wanted to do and then um yeah i mean john and i started hunting together a lot more and then he uh he approached me and said hey man i met this guy and uh he's like i think it's the guy that buddy goes with up there he said hey man he's got this like show special and it'll be this amount of money and john and i were like yeah let's do it you know where where do we sign up so we uh yeah we kind of started planning from there and nice thing about those trips is you know you pay for it up front so at least most of it and so it really really makes you like start to plan like hey we're we're gonna go do this it already hurt now you better get ready yeah, yeah, it, it really worked out good for me because originally when I was planning on going up there, I had my wife talked into coming with me. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, I could tell uh, it was it was not going to be her favorite trip. Um, right. So I kind of got an easy way out, and she got an easy way out. I should say that when when Ross <laughs> Ross was in the picture and ready to go. So. Well, there was no arm twisting involved in any of this. Nope, nope. She she was she was pretty happy. Ross took one for the team on that one. <laughs> yeah, to go on a link I'm That's pretty cool. sure Ross is too. <laughs> you guys, yeah. um, I mean, luckily with John going before, did that help you kind of prep for the hunt, Ross? Like giving you an idea what to expect or what to you know get dogs in shape or what? What? Well, to I got to tell you, my, my trip before was not. Not not the same place, completely different place, and it was completely different atmosphere. And oh, so it was yeah. trial by fire all the way yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. The first time up there, I, I think we spent oh shoot, we probably spent 10, 10 to fourteen days up there, and oh, wow. pretty much had a chance to chase lynx every day. But we caught everything but lynx. We went, you know, late November, I think, caught right. some lions and caught some bears, and what, but we never did, did catch a lynx. Were they running them, like, or just well, not they, able to get on one? I think I think it was more the terrain. Um, you know, they were in that downfally stuff, and you know, right. at one point I was help trying to help the dogs out in there, and uh, 
I called my buddy on the radio. I said, Hey, we're going to need some fresh dogs in here. And he was 200 yards up the road from me and I could hear him in the truck. I said, stop the truck right there. And, and I went up, grabbed a couple fresh dogs, come back down. And that lynx walked across my boot tracks in there. And oh, it geez. was just, and we still could catch up. So it was Good just one of those countries. things. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of downfall, a lot of timber. We'd get them going in circles. You know how that'd go. And they'd run past you 90 miles an hour and you'd see a flash of them and hear the dogs coming. But right. That was about as close as we'd ever got to them. No, no, up there at Stewart's place. It's, it's a really nice place. The, the, so the country is really nice too. Better running conditions. Um, yeah. Yep. Similar. Yeah. I mean, you find there's like pockets, pockets of big blowdown and then pockets of regen. And once you could get them in those pockets of regen, and if you had them going in there, I think that's where a guy was going to catch them. You know, yeah. there was, yeah. there was other places where, I mean, gosh, where John shot his was, you know, if that thing would have gone another 20 yards, it would have, yeah. I mean, it, it would have been in some terrible shitty downfalls. So. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, for the listeners who don't know, I, I, I guess there's parts of the country they don't have to worry about blowdowns, but I mean, we're talking big timber, like tall timber that has been, you know, just blown over by the forces and it is stacked. Like you took a whole bag of toothpicks and just dropped them on the floor, you know, but the scary part is if you're walking on it, next thing you know, you're 30 feet off the ground sometimes. Yeah. You know, in rough country, they just, even like when the logging units are cleaning up edges or whatever, and they haven't yarded it out, it's just, it's stacked and you'll start noticing things get kind of cushy. You guys been there? Like you get yeah. in, it's like, oh, we're, we're a ways off the ground now, but the yeah. dogs, man, that is like, that is kryptonite getting through that. Cause it's up or over or under. And like, I got one, she's usually one of my front runners. But you hit a blowdown patch, you will watch her drop a couple hundred yards sometimes. I mean, if it's a big patch, she'll drop right out of the race, get through it, and haul the mail all the way back up. But I've just narrowed it down to she's a really square-built dog, and she's just not good at getting through the blowdowns, you know? Yeah. That, that's hard hard to hunt because those links, I imagine, get right up on the blowdowns and just take off. Yeah, just like a bobcat, you know? I mean, they... They run similar, in my opinion. They run tighter circles, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's one thing about Stewart's. It's it's way the hell up there, man. Like it's uh, it's quite the adventure just driving up there. So, yeah. how long of I a mean, trip was it? Well, John and I didn't realize. You know, it says it says it's like twenty hours on the on the GPS, but you get into British Columbia, and they don't make their roads straight. They're just like. They're the windiest the land. Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, it, it is really weird, man. They're just, they're so windy. And uh, we we had hardly any weather on our way up there. Uh, but it's just, man, man, it's a long trip with dogs. We pulled a trailer. It was about as hillbilly as you could get. Yeah, I, I want to hear two, this. <laughs> you teased me with it yesterday. Uh, I mounted two dog boxes to my snowmobile trailer and uh screwed them down to the wooden deck and then we had toolboxes and all kinds of shit on there and then drug that you know drug that all the way through there so we brought and a box in the truck oh yeah and yeah. a box in the truck oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have double deckered man we thought about it 
Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy. I've seen it done. <laughs> uh, the, the first time, talk about Hillbilly, the first time we went up there, uh, my buddy has a little construction company. We took his dump trailer and we loaded the dog boxes in the dump trailer okay. with two snowmobiles and a side-by-side. Sounds <laughs> and, perfect, uh, man. Getting through the border was a little tricky. Though. <laughs> you, you know, you got 14 dogs in a dump trailer and you pull up to the border and they're kind of oh, looking at you side. <laughs> Holy cow. Did you guys have any issues getting across the border? Well, we, we crossed at uh, a place called Midway. Uh, and it started snowing there and we probably got there, what, maybe five or, or 3 PM maybe or something. Yeah. And it's right there north of Spokane. And, uh, you know, we had all of our paperwork and for our guns and everything like that. But, you know, uh, what we didn't realize is that, uh, John has this Walker dog that never shuts up and, uh, and his name is Shooter. <laughs> that is so, that is a bad recipe, man. So, yeah, especially at a border patrol where the, yeah. the border patrol agent was not 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 really wanting us there. I would imagine. Did anybody hit the to, deck? The first time you yelled talk, at him. Well, he was trying to talk to me through the through the window because he comes around and he's trying to talk. And an old shooter, um, his registered name's Lee Harvey, and that we just call him Shooter. <laughs> He's uh he's uh he's out of house's lipper. So Oh, that explains it. <laughs> so but you know you're hunting for a couple of days, he kinda calms down, but he definitely needs to be hunted and we've been cooping him up trying to save right. his energy. So he's around talking to me and that dang shooter's on the other side on, on Ross's side barking and barking and barking. And Ross goes to get out to go, you know, shut him up so I can tell him what dogs we have, what guns we have and he did not want Ross getting out of the truck. That's for sure. Oh, sir. Yeah. Do not leave the vehicle. Stay there. <laughs> so, I, well, I just imagine yeah, yeah. you yelling at that dog shooter and everybody well, hitting the deck yeah. or guns drawn. That's, what that, that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> I give him, we give him the paperwork and he goes, uh, you gentlemen stay in your vehicle really stern. And he oh, walks no. across the front and I couldn't take it anymore. My, I was, you know, I needed to yell at that dog. Right. So I waited until he got in front of the car and he was just about in the building and I yelled, shooter. And you should have seen that guy drop. <laughs> oh, man. It is a miracle you guys made it there or back. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did not find that as funny as I do. No. Well, I, we didn't find it funny at the time either with the looks we were getting. Because oh, then, then the other border lady comes running out of the shack and. Yeah. You have to explain it's the dog's name. How'd they take that? Well, then they completely understood because when he yelled his name, he shut up. So, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got lucky. You learned. How <laughs> yeah. To be we quiet. Did. But overall, they were really good. We didn't have, we had a little issue on the way back, coming back through because we missed a border crossing. We didn't know they were, they were on bankers' hours, but. Um, yeah, they they were really good to get across for us, but I've heard horror stories about getting across there. Oh, like I told Ross, my biggest worry is someday going with buddy and getting left at the border, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, cause he's going to go hunting one way or another and you're left to figure your own out. Like we have audio record of that actually being said. So it's like, man, I should be a hundred percent fine, but 
I don't know if there's another Jason Doobie out there or something. <laughs> and I sure don't want to sit at a border patrol. That's like purgatory, dude. You're not going well, one way or the other. That's why we took my truck because I knew I was getting there. If they yeah. hang up Ross at the border, he's going to stay there for a week or so. See? Now the truth comes out, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, once you got over there, how long was your guys' hunt? Five days. Yeah, and we were supposed to hunt day. five days. And then Stuart, Stuart gives a guy uh, a day to be there and a day to leave, uh, which is nice. You know, you kind of have a oh, day yeah. to settle in and then a day to pack your shit when you go to leave. So, so that was pretty nice. Yeah, I'll bet. No, that's like, I couldn't imagine just driving that 20. Well, you said it was longer than 20 hours, but that's got to be what took you at least two days. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, We stayed one night. Oh, gosh. And then we stayed. We kept just trying to get as far as we could. And we we decided, you know, there was this little town we tried to get a hotel in and they were full. So we're like, all right, we'll go to the next town. Well, the next town's like the biggest town to go through. And it was Kamloops. And it's like, I mean, it was like a bustling city. And so we pull into the Holiday Inn Express and there's major highways on each side. And, you know, we got a bunch of the hound dogs trying to feed them and all that shit. So, yeah, traveling with dogs is a whole nother. Like, it's not like traveling with a pet. It's like. I mean, I got four kids. It's kind of like taking your kids anywhere. It's like you just yeah. got to pack the whole stinking farm with you. And, you know, we, I, I always try to just find a space in the middle of nowhere to do my feeding and whatnot. Because, you know, sure enough, there's going to be a Karen at the hotel or, or, you know, somebody just sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. But it's kind of hard to do on a trip like that. Yeah. I mean,. It- and I have to, I have to give a shout out to the, the Canadians. Boy, they were friendly. I mean, yeah, we, we didn't run into any issues with the locals, with the people at the hotel. They were all real inquisitive, asking where you going. You know, oh, we've never been That's up there, cool. but we heard it's good. That they were really nice and friendly. Um, I, I have to say that for sure. That is cool. Even, yeah, I mean, even when we got pulled over at a DUI checkpoint, they were friendly. So, oh, oh yeah, that's phase yeah. two of the awesome venture up there. <laughs> I, you're on your own if you want to talk about it. I'm saying I'm happy to listen. Just don't do anything too bad. <laughs> we can talk about it. I, I'm good with talking about it. So we uh, get up to uh, I can't Nazco or whatever the name of that town was. Well, it was it was before Nazco. I think I think the town oh, yeah. was Quinell. Yep, yep. So Stuart's going to meet us there, and we're going to go to kind of like a wings place and have a little lunch, and then move on up to his camp. Well, we had to get some necessary supplies, you know, before we went to camp because we didn't know what camp was going to have. Might get thirsty. Of course. Yeah. So we did that and had some wings and take off out of there. (laughs) God dang, if we didn't drop over this first bridge and here's the DUI checkpoint. Middle of the day. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. Lunchtime. Yeah. He's shy. As soon as he sees my truck and that trailer, we're pulled over. He's standing in the road. So uh, we, we pull over there and he walks completely around. And I, if, if I forget something, Ross will jump in. But then he goes to the back of the trailer and sees the license plates and, and saw we were from Montana. 
And uh, he comes up to my mirror. He goes, oh, I pulled you over because you don't have a front plate. Because earlier that year, I hit a snowbank and ripped my front plate off. Wow. But he said, uh, I pulled you over because you didn't have a front plate. Um, but you're from Montana. You don't need them there. You guys right. are free to go. <laughs> and I well, said, then, is yeah. that true? <laughs> he asked yeah. real sternly, too. Yeah, he was like. He's like, oh, you guys don't need a front plate. And then, then, and then he like got real stern and he poked his head in the window and he goes, you boys been drinking today? And John and I are like, no, 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 we're, we have not been drinking. No, sir. And then all of a sudden he just looks at us and he's like, well, you're, you're free to go. And John looks at him and goes, are you sure? Oh, what? what? <laughs> that would get you left at the border, John. <laughs> well, I'm thinking I don't, he didn't ask for my driver's license, no registration, no proof of insurance. No, I mean, yeah, but you never ask, are you I, sure, when you're told you're free to go. That's how you get left at the next truck mouth. stop. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky then, it was your truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we pull out and John's like, well, hell, I even like the cops here in Canada. I think we should move here. <laughs> They're nice up there, man. They're yeah, nice let people. you go. Uh, was he wearing the cool suit? Oh, yeah. 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 Full Mountie. Yeah. That's Full Mountie cool. suit. So that was on the way to camp. Like this yeah. is before you even made it. Okay. Yeah. And then so we were then just about to camp and we decided we needed to pull over and take a, a leak. And there was like nowhere to pull over. There's snow on both sides of the road. And I got this trailer. So I back it into this little <laughs> offshoot road. Right. Sure enough, cut the corner too much and put the trailer in the ditch. Oh so my it. God. It's it's getting sucked in the ditch pretty good. The only other Mountie we saw was when I had the trailer partway in the ditch, <laughs> leaving the road. And, I, and by, this time, time, by this time, we may have had too many road sodas, you know? <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, that's a big deal up there. Yeah. yeah. I know that's yeah. what it, Buddy says. You got a Dewey in the States. You don't even usually get in, I think, is what he No, said. yeah, you don't. You don't. That's crazy. Like it never, I guess as an American citizen, that would never even cross my mind considering like, I know they're tough on them here, but like not even get into the country. If you have a DUI here, that's pretty crazy. I think after seven years, um, you can, like you can essentially enough. apply because I do know there was a couple Montana guys that had gone up there, similar, different place. Uh, similar time that John and I. I know, I know one of them. You know, probably had one. You know, t- ten years ago or something. Mm. So there's still hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you say the cops stopped at the bounty. Did they stop and help you, or just oh, no, stop no. to check no. you again? <laughs> no, they just kind of. He just kind of waved and went by. Um, yeah. Well, and we were like, it's no big deal. No, <laughs> no big, nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> and you're we thinking, had been the, only to truck on that, the only truck on that road for, I don't know, 40, 50 miles. I would say. Yeah. There, yeah. Know, like, in the middle like of nowhere. 60 clicks or something. 60. Clicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like from the, the main town, how far was it up to Stewart's place? Oof. I mean, a bit of a drive, or maybe? I think it was eighty kilometers. What yeah. you guys now? You're doing conversion, like yeah? No, I think on. it was probably it was probably fifty miles or something. I think is yeah. what it was from that main town to 50, 60 miles. 
And he's got like a whole camp set up. Like, tell me about your accommodations for this hunt. I mean, they were, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I mean, it's for, for a hound guy, it's, it's amazing because Stuart's got kennels for guys. He's, you know, you're, you're really set up, man. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty nice for a guy that wants to bring his own dogs. I, I would suggest it to anybody just because, you know, that it's a, you're in the middle of nowhere. We had, you know, small little cabins to stay in. They were nice, you know, and you got a bathroom and a shower that's in a different building. And, you know, the food was really good. I, I mean, there, it was good. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I know buddy has a good time when he goes, it looks like a ton of fun. But yeah. I mean, you guys are primarily running Bobcats in Montana, right? Bobcat, lion, lion, bear, and lion. Yeah, and bears now. So, yeah, bears now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So did I mean? Did you obviously you ran the same dogs? I mean, the dogs that you expected to do well up there. Did they do any better than than the others? I mean, were you kind of able to kind of judge how you thought they were going to do? Um, I thought all the dogs did really well. Um, I don't know. I honestly think it was, you know, after talking with Stuart and that temperature plays a lot, yeah. a lot to do with that, that scent and those links, the way they travel and stuff. But I, I can't say any of the dogs really had an off time up there. There was, yeah. an, oh, I have an older walker, a couple older dogs that I really didn't run that much just because I knew we had to come back and I had to hunt some lions once I got back here. But um yeah, I, I was impressed with how, how they all did, actually. Yeah, I mean, the, and you know, when we were there the day before we got there, Goss, John, and I were nervous. I mean, when we were driving up there, it was like 40 some degrees raining. Dirt. And I mean, it was off and it hadn't snowed, you know, since, since Buddy had been there. So, I mean, we were working the first day we went out, we were working like five day old snow. I mean, you could see everywhere that Buddy was, um, but it was warmer. And he said, when it's warmer out, you know, in when it's 30 degrees or 20 degrees Fahrenheit, those links have so much fur. They, when you get them on a jump, they, if dogs can really work, work them on a jump, they heat up. They get hot. Yeah. They get hot and they, and they go up trees. So, so the temperature is not only affecting their movement, but like sending conditions, obviously. But I mean, I'm sure the links are not moving around a whole lot when it's that warm either, right? If they're getting consistent cold snaps. I mean, hell, they were everywhere, honestly. Really? Yeah, yeah we well, had lots of links trucks. How many? So, how many did you guys run over five days? And you harvested what two? Yeah, we harvested two. And actually, we, we left a little early, um, try to get back to save a little vacation to do some lion hunting down here, you know, after we were. Sure. Um, we, we both tagged out within the, the first day before noon. So, and then we had <laughs> two more days. I don't know. We had five links, maybe. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We. You, know, you, you could chase them every day. There, yeah. There was no. There was no, I mean. It was hard telling what was fresh, what wasn't, you know, those guys actually have a really interesting way of doing that. They were, when it wasn't snowing, they were, we were hunting the same area. They were 
painting tracks. So he'd have a oh. thing of marking paint and he'd paint tracks. So the next morning, if we rolled over a track that wasn't painted, then we knew that it was an overnight track. Right. Uh, but the day that we killed our lynx, you know, was first day, John and I just, you know, it was a new area uh, that Stuart been hunting. He said there was lots of lynx and he said, this is where Buddy and Ross just were. And there was a, you know, a couple big cats in there. And so we had crossed this one bridge. I mean, hell, we hadn't have been on that road for, I don't know, 10 minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. if that. And, you know, this sure looked like a fresh lynx track going down the road to us. So was that you saw one, right? Yeah. One so the first one down? was a, a really, really big Tom is. Uh, Stuart said it's the biggest Tom they've killed in a, in a little while. It was 28 and a half pounds. Um, that one, you know, we, we, we dumped on it, John and I, and you know, they were, they run it a little while. And then when they got it jumped, I mean, it, it went up pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and we, we got in there and gosh, that was, that was kind of a shit show there. So <laughs> I'll let John tell that story. <laughs> well, yeah, we we had him in there treed, and we we got up up there, and Ross went first, and I was gonna, I think, I don't know why I was sticking with. He was only what four hundred yards off the road, maybe maybe yeah. five hundred yards. Yeah. Ross is gonna run in really quick, um, because you know I got these Walker dogs, and I wasn't. We wanted to make sure we had it. Right, <laughs> they were pretty fresh and they were looking up trees Let's yeah just they just spent three days in a truck right yeah. they're, they're gonna tree they're gonna yeah. tree i guarantee it but no they went in there and they they had it caught and ross said his dog's in there and he calls back on the radio and Stuart and i head in there and, and god dang I, I we got ready and chained the dogs back and i i shot that cat and it hit the ground bounced up stood up looked at us and took off what yeah yeah hit it solid so then uh of course i'm clicking a couple dogs loose and we're trying to line it out and trying to track it finally they the other dogs had it bait up they're kind of towards the truck and uh that's convenient (laughs) yeah Yeah. but it never happens it it was just squirting blood out you know it was gonna die but I put another one in it just for good measure, you know, once we got the dogs cleared out of the way and stuff. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, what do they sound like? I, I mean, like I've heard it, but in person, it's like thunder chickens. You hear a turkey yeah. gobble. It's a turkey gobble. When you're like right there, totally different ball game. Like I would imagine yeah. a lynx up close and personal would be pretty freaking gnarly. It was, yeah, they are. It, it was, it was cool though. Yeah. And That's they look, awesome. you know, they just like all those cats. They kind of look through you when they're pissed off at you, you know? And that's right? kind of an eerie, eerie feeling when they're looking at you like that. But they get any scared no. one bit. Like it's gonna yeah. whoop you and all those dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was definitely gonna. So, um, so we got it killed anyway. Back to the truck, and we jump in the truck and high five, and well, let's go again. So um, I do. So, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that that's Ross's mo. He, <laughs> if he gets excited on a kill, he pukes. So he puked oh. twice. That <laughs> so nice. I'm walking out with Stuart. I'm walking out with Stuart. Ross has made it to down to the truck, and we hear him down there just oh. oh. <laughs> and Stuart goes, "Is your buddy okay?" And I said, "Ross, called him on the radio. You okay?" 
oh yeah, this happens all the time. Stuart gets a funny look at his face. Boy, I don't know if I'd be hunting if that happened all the time to me. You must be a real good buddy, John. Yeah. So we got it. Anyway, we got it loaded up and got back in the truck and it's, I don't know, 9, 9.30. Take a ride up, look through these other parks and we're coming down the, another hill there. And I look out and I go, Stuart, did you see that mule deer just ran across the road? And he gives me this funny look and says, there's no mule deer up here. And I go, I'm telling you, Stuart, I just saw a big gray mule deer, his butt run across the road up here at this corner. And we go up there and here's this freshly killed dead rabbit and lynx tracks right on the road. I mean, no the way. rabbit's still flexible. Yep. So, and you know, then they come back and if you say dump the box to me and Ross, if you even say, huh, you're talking to yourself in that truck. Yeah. yeah. They, they were getting out. I mean, right. so we dumped, dumped on that one and they had a little yeah, more. Eight dogs but, on that one. Yeah, yeah, so we just opened wow. them up. And they yeah. uh, they, they kind of overran it a little bit and blew it yeah. out down in the bottom and then got it to cross the road again and then got it treed up above the road. So, yeah, and, and that one run a lot harder. I mean, that one was uh, – it, it definitely tried to lose them dogs a lot more. Right. But it was just in a good spot that, right. you know, if it was just in a good regen spot. So one of those things that if it would have gone a little further and – you know, cross another road and get into downfall. It just, it wasn't going to happen, but right. that links, um, I got up in there first and them dogs were just strung out. Like I was telling Jason this the other day, they were strung out, like, you know, way up the hill tree in, and that links was just sitting there jumping from, you know, they were a big, you know, decent sized lodgepole pine. And it was mm-hmm. just sitting there kind of working its way downhill and then finally when i got there it was you know it would it was stayed in that tree so yeah that's that's kind of crazy too like jumping trees and you know like you know if a cat jumps out that's one thing but dogs locating on them and timbering with them you know and moving it on down that's that's something you know yeah Yeah, it wasn't like huge timber yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, – it, it, both the links that we caught, I mean, the tree couldn't have been, what do you think, John, 30 feet? Oh, yeah. They were, you know, probably eight-inch trees. Yeah. For sure. Six, eight-inch trees. And, that, yeah, that they were just – that links, Ross's links was just kind of acting almost like a monkey, you know, just from tree to tree. Right, like a pole vaulter almost. Like yeah. Like tree to tree to tree. <laughs> But you actually saw it. That's the crazy thing because, like, that's like the age old wives' tale, right? Like, if you see it in the road, don't uh, dump on it. Never yeah. dump on it if you see it. You got to wait 10 minutes and then you got to come back and you got to let the scent settle and da 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 da. Which I will say, I've turned loose on one I saw and the dogs look at you like you're an idiot. But I've also turned loose on them and then caught them, you know, instantly. Yeah. yeah. But those links, you guys, you think they just put off more scent or they would have ran a bobcat the same way like i think they would have run a bobcat the same way in my opinion uh, i do think that they put off quite a bit of scent i mean they they did stink pr- pretty bad like uh you know cat cat smell on them and yeah. i just yeah i mean i think guys think that they're so much bigger than what they are because you got this all this fur you, Furry, know, you take yeah. a picture of them and you show people and they're like, Oh my gosh, that thing's gotta be 40 some pounds. And 
when we were talking to Stuart, he's like, no, he's like, we haven't killed a 30 pound lynx in a really long time. Like they just look really big. Yeah. Yeah. They are fluffy. Yeah. They're, they're a really cool animal for sure. And I think, I think conditions a lot play with lynx hunting. And I also think that the terrain does, you know, you, you got to get them in the right place and you got to get them at the right time. Not too much snow. You know, I think it might, might be easier to catch them with dry, uh, dry ground than, yeah. than in a lot of snow for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that was one thing we had, you know, right when buddy got up there, they had first got the, you know, they had just got like a decent amount of snow, not too much. I mean, gosh, I don't, we were never over our ankles in snow. There was hardly mm-hmm. any snow in the timber. Um, in that region, it was hard to even see a track in the region. Right. But we, we, we ran plenty that we didn't catch. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, we run the next day. We just, you know, after we celebrated pretty hard after we had killed two links, <laughs> two links uh, before noon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we had two bottles of blackberry brandy drank before, uh, probably before two o'clock. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is like Ross, you and I were kind of talking about this that's not like you're just going out to your local woods for a hunt, man. That is like a destination and adventure. Um, who was it? Dan, I think it was Daniel Boone and I'm going to get this quote wrong, but it was like, you know, it says like, I think the thirties, like your thirties are a man's time to go out on expeditions or, or something to that effect. And it's like, yeah, man, you kind of hit a point in life where like, you're early on and you're hunting dogs and you're just doing whatever, whenever, wherever you're driving, wherever to hunt. You might not even know what you're doing. That was my case a lot of the time, but like I was going out there and we were putting a collar on a dog and doing something. And then it's like life kind of settles in, it gets rougher, but like the need to take this trip, like that is really cool to get to do it because it is mentally hard. My buddy and I've been talking about going line hunting for six years this is the first year i put in for an idaho permit you know or haven't popped over to nevada which we really need to do but it comes down to like i said i just got to put in for vacation time and plan it and if the weather's good it's good if it's not it's not it might be a waste but you got to get over yourself sometimes to commit to going on this because it's not just the drive up and the time there like it's the money it's the risk involved with the dogs it's the travel it's the time from work away from family like i envy you guys that was that's really cool that you got to go up there and have such success with your own dogs i mean that's the best part like if i were to go on a hunt up there i'm not saying i wouldn't shoot a lynx without my dogs but it's so different yeah Uh, right i mean it's just not as personal and that's the hard part it's always been something that I've wanted to do, you know, and, and I've tried it in the past, but uh, this trip worked out exceptionally well for me. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think I would have went if, if we couldn't use our own dogs. Yeah. You know, and you know, and I, and I know, I know Ross's dogs, like I know my own. And that, that's mm-hmm. one thing that I have to say about Stuart. Um, you know, I, I know my dogs and Ross's dogs and other guys that I hunt with dogs, but he kind of sits back and, and watches that and you give him his, his tracking numbers. 
And he kind of knows like generally what all the dogs are doing and what kind of dog they are within a few minutes. You know, that, yeah. that impressed me about Stuart, you know. That's because he's looking for dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. always he, looking for dogs. <laughs> he, uh, he, he sure liked my one dog. That's for sure. <laughs> right. No, that I think that's what makes it, you know. I need to talk to Stuart and see if he does an early season special because I'll be honest. I drag my mutts up there and put them in snow and they're going to look like complete idiots. Like we <laughs> cannot trail in the snow. They just, they are not that dog. I've never exposed them to it hardly, but you go up on bear ground. It's like, then I, I would prefer to do it that way just because I know my dogs, yeah. you know, and if yeah. I'm going to spend the time and the money to go up there, it's like, why not go when I don't have to deal with snow? Cause I hate it. And the dogs right. aren't good in it. So it's like, shoot, man, if they're that thick in there, you would think a guy could rode a dog that'll run oh, a fox yeah. or a cat. Oh, I'm sure. Pick one up. Yeah. I, I'm sure. sure you could. I, I'm not sure how the fur quality would be at that time, but right. You know, but I, um, I think that's the key too. like, and that's one thing really cool about Stuart is he, he leaves them first, you know, a couple weeks or four or five weeks for guys that want to bring their own dogs because mm-hmm. there's not as much snow. I think your chances are the best those first couple weeks of season um, yeah. that a guy can go. So you're going to go back? I would go back. I don't know if I'd ever shoot one again, but like when you right. said the IK, man, I'd go. I'd go with somebody for sure just to go. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way too. Yeah. I definitely go back. The, the the worst part for me was that drive, you know. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd shoot another one either, but I I definitely go hunt them. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, we both got real real quality links. What mine was twenty four pounds or something, and so we we both got really quality trophies. And uh, so it's I don't know if I'd pay to shoot another one. Right. But running them's worth it. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I hope to make it someday. Yeah. Our problem was, too, that the day before, I mean, I was worried. I knew we probably had a, a couple days of hunting before dog's feet were just going to be trashed. Uh, right. Th- that snow was just real crusty. And um, I figured we had, you know, a couple, two, three days of hunting and we were probably going to be done. So yeah. it was, it was just such a relief. Like e- even if we could have just got one links on the entire trip, I would have been totally okay with it. Uh, right. But just to, to do two in one day, like what we did was just, it was pretty wild. So. It kind of knocks the edge off, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no yeah. pressure. What about well, the wolves up there? Like, did you guys have to worry about that? Or is that like, they're we not only really around? tracks uh, in Stewart's old area. Um, where, where buddy used to hunt with him. Um, so the area we were hunting was completely new this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's a lot higher up. There's no deer. There was only moose. I think was the only thing we ever seen of uh, tracks of moose, coyotes and lynx and rabbits yep. everywhere. But yeah. Oh, that's how those lynx get so big. Yeah. We're, we're also real used to the wolves. Um, I mean, gosh, yeah, we, I forget you guys are dealing with them all the time yeah. in Montana. Yeah. Uh, it's just part of, I mean, getting to be in Montana here, there's, 
there's not really a mountain range that you can turn your dogs loose in and not worry about it. They're not have it. Uh, you know, guys got dogs killed here first, first part of the year. Uh, I think it was right when we got back, maybe from, yeah. from the lynx hunt, uh, some guys we know got some dogs killed, but it's just, I mean, it happens, man. That's, right. that's the reality up there. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's very thick timber and then there's big opens and yeah it was it was pretty wild country but the, buddy is right about the logging trucks um that, <laughs> yeah have your that's CD a real, on. that's a very real thing they don't slow I, down I think that, do that, they up there that's a bigger threat than the wolves yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I was worried about that because they're they're trying to make really? a living you know they're, oh, they're yeah. going down that road as fast as that truck can go and right. uh yeah, you don't want a, your whole pack to fall out on one of them logging roads. Dude, that yeah. Horrible. Well, and then like, I mean, we turned. Stewart says most guys were not, were not real into turning off that main road, and so John and I are like, I mean, shit, it was just covered up with links. So, <laughs> you know, John would John be at the truck, and then we'd dump some dogs, and you know, I just run into the bush with them and see see how it was going to go. Like free cast them. Uh, no, no, we were just turn them on track. Yeah, turn them out on track, and then just as long as somebody was back at the truck, and we could, you know, we all had each other's dogs, and just knowing, like, okay, just keep an eye out if a dog starts coming for the road. Uh, right. Yeah, Grab. that was the biggest thing. But even getting them dogs turned loose, and then getting them gathered back up, I mean, it was it was nerve wracking. And then I got uh, my dogs are real small, and they'll they'll crawl out of you know, John's got that, that dog box with the square holes and man, they'll crawl right out of there. So every time we, if we go to leave a dog in the box, they're crawling out of that thing and then running down the main road. And Yeah, that's not good. So what, you guys just have a CB, right? They got to announce traffic coming down. Yep. And handhelds. Yeah. Yeah. That's sketchy stuff, man. Cause like you said, they're making a living. They don't, they're worried about getting that wood to the bottom <laughs> yep. and that's about it. Yeah. And, you know, but the one nice thing is they keep those roads in good shape. I mean, oh, I yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're 40 mile an hour, 50 mile an hour roads in a pickup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can actually drink coffee on these roads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On a log walk. truck, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it's, after doing it, like John, you've been two different places, two totally different scenarios, right? Ross, like, is there anything that you guys? I, I swear, Stuart, I should hit him up for advertisement. We've said his name enough on this. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> but like to go up and do this with somebody like Stuart, um, where you're taking your own dogs, what would you say would be like your top key points for guys to just be prepared? Whether that's getting a dog's feet tough, you know, like if you're hunting a dog regularly here, I'm assuming you're good to go up there. It's just yeah. depending on snow conditions and the ice and and that kind of things. But yeah, even we, like gear or, or stuff like that, what would you pass on to somebody? Cause honestly, since the first podcast launched, um, well, I guess I did the one with Ross right before. And then we had Cody on and, you know, like, people are asking about these hunts. So I think it sparked a lot of interest in guys. What would you guys give them as advice before going up? Well, I don't know. I, I would say, uh, make sure you have good tires. 
Yeah. For one thing. Um, <laughs> there you go. And we we kind of we kind of went. You know, it was the start of our season. We hadn't we didn't have any lions under our belt yet. Um, I think uh, I think so I would have liked to have a couple more races down here before I went for sure. Sure. But uh, either way, um, as far as gear wise, shoot, I don't know. Um, warm probably not much different for you guys. No. I mean, no. like you're not coming from Nevada, you know? Yeah, or... we we always have gators and packs and first aid kits and. You know, we keep keep our packs pretty full of leashes and rope and snowshoes. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're prepared for that with these lion hunts. But, yeah, I would just bring what you're going to bring on a lion hunt, actually. Yeah, and I think I think dog-wise, like, I've always – obviously, I called Buddy quite a few times after we had booked this and just said, hey, man, like, what's it like catching these things? Um you know, not that I haven't ever seen one before, awesome. but, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but he, you know, he said, he said, man, if, if you can catch a bobcat in good, you know, in bobcat country, that's, that's tough to catch bobcats. And, you know, I, I can't say that I consistently catch bobcats all the time. I, I don't think, I mean, I got a couple of buddies that are definitely better at it than I am. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, got guys that like Duffy and Brad Schultz that run Bobcat in huge country, man, and just giant country. Um, So I think that's, and, you know, I I think that's a thing. If you can go up there with the expectation and and know that I don't necessarily know if you're just going to take a coon dog up there and go catch a lynx. Just because of the track style it takes to catch them. Like it's, it's a real head up. Yeah, no, you got to drive them. You definitely have to drive yeah. those links. So yeah, and there's I mean, no knock on a coon dog. Like just so everybody no. knows, I've talked enough with Ross to know that. Like it's just <laughs> before people get their paintings in a bunch. Like it's just a different track style. It's just different. Yeah, I've yeah. made. I mean, I, I like taking coon dogs. I, I mean, I buy coon dogs all the time, and you just got to roll them over and get them to 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 run the way that you need them to run to catch lynx or bear yeah. or lion or whatever but you gotta I mean, hone them in to, to something yeah. like that that yeah, i don't know if i would style. take I, I don't know if i would take a complete finished competition coon dog and just go straight to to run no. links with them I, I don't think that'd work but no yeah it's definitely could under them or one. something yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i mean uh, one of the best coon dogs i ever had was also a very good cat dog but i think it's just running those I think running those bobcats or running those cats is just so much different, man. It just from the, yeah. from the jump, uh, and just, it's such a, it's such a high pace jump that yeah. very similar to a bobcat. Well, like you were saying earlier, I think John, um, if you get them up hot and sweating and, and, pushing, yeah. and that's when they climb, because if they're skipping out in front of the dogs and they hit stride, I would imagine they could run and run and run. You know, oh, yeah. um, if you're not putting enough pressure to them, they're not going to climb. So I don't know. It's like I said, it's no dig on anything. It's I, I feel like I know my packs limitations. And that's why I say like the bare ground would probably be best. Cause I know they can run head up and they can, yep. can put some pressure Yep. But trailing, like I would, I think I'd struggle. 
I would want to go find some bobcats and really kind of tune yeah. them into that before going instead of pulling them straight off a of fox. But I mean, this deal, you and Buddy, like this is this is a hunt that is a working man's hunt too. Like it, it's not unreasonable if you're looking no. for a guide, if you're looking no. for somebody to go with, just do your research. It is not something that's astronomical. And we keep talking about Stuart, but I'm sure there's other there's other outfitters up there. You know, I, I I really, after being in both places, I do believe the country has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, and any any of that country where we were looked good, it looked all the same. You know, yeah. roly poly hills, not a bunch of elevation, not big rock piles. Right. Yeah, no. with the, like we already talked about the blowdown, but yeah, it. it it's definitely uh, doable for anybody, for sure. Yeah. Well, so plan your trip, plan for that expense, and then when you get home, it's the real expensive part when you call up Phil, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Has <laughs> he got both your guys' links? Well, yeah. they're not there yet, but... Oh, yeah. they're not there yet. <laughs> That's, it's quite the process, man, to get them things back. What do you got to so, do to get them back across the border? You can't just Yeah, so you can't take them. Um, so they got a, in British Columbia, it's got to go, it's got to get an inspection done. I don't remember what they called the inspection. And then you fill out, I don't know, gosh, John and I filled out so much paperwork. And then, you know, after that, the thing has to go to a taxidermist. It has to get skinned out and salted. And then the taxidermist actually applies for that CITES tag. Oh, okay. So, and then in, it comes down. Then you got to like, do they tan it up there? Like, does that? No, they just flesh it. Just flesh it and salt it. Okay. Then, and I then think the expensive part. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they're going to look awesome when they're done. I know some of our listeners know Phil Susie, and he's been on here before. Just a cool guy. Oh yeah. Like I always mm-hmm. enjoy talking to Phil. I'm gonna make it yeah. out there one of these days. But I'm excited to see them when they're all done, man. That's that's such an epic trip for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, and then on the way home, gosh, we hit a snowstorm. I don't know, right when we left Stewart's, and it never stopped. Uh, it probably almost took us like 30 hours to get home. <laughs> that's yeah. not so bad though. Like getting <laughs> a little slower getting home. Versus not getting there, I guess. But I'm like a horse headed for the barn when I've decided to leave. It's like, let's go. Well, I I think um, I'm going to make it up there one of these days. I was supposed to go back in like 2020. And that's when they required the poke. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go. And now I I told Buddy, they'll open it up again someday. And they did. (laughs) So I'm hoping to get to go someday. And I want to do it soon. Like I would say... I've procrastinated on some hunts for a lot of years that I wish I wouldn't have because now you look at like bringing anything in from out of the country, like going to Africa when I was in my early twenties, like I could have went down to South Africa and brought whatever I wanted home, you know, Right. where now it's like, I want to get over there before something goofy happens, you know, at least go up for the experience and hopefully get one with my own dogs. I think it'd be just freaking hoot. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the reason John and I went and did it. So it's like, who knows how many more years right. that a guy can go up there and do that. 
Well, and even the dogs. Like, if you feel confident in the dogs, I mean, they could be gone tomorrow. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, right. right. Yeah. I missed out on best. some really, really good hunts with some dogs that would have been really good at the time. And, you know, those dogs are dead and gone five years. And now it's yeah. like, there's no way I got a dog that I would even haul down there to try that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my old dog, I mean, one of my best dogs that had seen so many bobcats in her life and we were real excited to take her on that lynx hunt. And, uh, John and I bait up a bear this spring that we shot on the ground in the brush, but that bear had sucked her in and killed her. Mm. Uh, and you know, she was like the most solid solid dog ever so you know shit like that happens and yeah i had a real bad luck with that this year i had a dog fall off a cliff and so i i only had uh i only had two dogs and a six-month-old puppy to take up to canada so oh by 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 the end of bear season ross was showing up to bear hunt he wouldn't even bring any dogs because his wife wanted to leave the ones that were still alive at home yeah (laughs) that's rough dude well, and then it was just like, by that point, I was like, well, you know, I just show up and go bear hunting with John's dogs because at the end of the day, I was like, well, dude, I've, I'm not going to have anything left to take on this lease. <laughs> right. Had a rough spring, rough spring. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys made it. I'm glad you had a great trip. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some pictures, the after pictures of these things, because that's yep. some pretty monster cats. Yeah, well, they, they were nice. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to get together again, and uh, yeah, I would kind of like to maybe dive a little more into you guys on some like specifics of it. Like I can tell okay. just by talking with you, John, like the scenting conditions and, and some things like that. You probably got a pretty good perspective on, and uh, I just I would like to dive into it a little deeper. We'll probably let a few of these hit. And, you know, let people move on from links for yeah. a little bit. But, like, if you guys are planning on going back next year, I'd love to, like, kind of do one ahead of time to okay. prep some of these guys. Because, like I said, I know a bunch of our listeners are, are thinking about it now. And it may be the one chance they get. You know, they're coming from Pennsylvania to go lion hunting in the, the southwest or Colorado or, or Utah. And then they're, you know, wanting to go run links and lion up there. I just think it would be really helpful for our listeners too. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I think we are lucky because Ross and I are both used to kind of the conditions. I mean, it's not like it, it'd be a completely different show if we were going down to New Mexico and trying to dry ground some lions down there. I mean, right. we, we definitely have to do some homework on that, but <laughs> we were really, you know, really close to, to what we were used to doing. Yeah, That's very awesome. similar. Yeah, it's it got to take a little stress off. Yeah, like when we got there, we're like, "Oh, this is very similar to what I run Bobcat." In. So, right. just another day at the office. Yeah, and a lot of it, I was like, "Man, this is good. This is good catching country." Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you could see where there wasn't good catching country, but you'd be like, "Oh man, we have one here. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna catch and, and there's so many tracks. I mean, you, you could literally pick and choose where you want to be, you know, yeah, where, awesome. where we drive, past, you know, this one's going in a bad spot. Keep going. We don't, we don't even want to waste our time with this. That's so. uh, kind of handy too. And you got yeah. somebody there with the experience too. Oh yeah. You know, like telling you, giving you a little insight into that. I'm sure that's pretty helpful. Yeah. Um, Stuart's a pretty careful, 
colorful character, I should say. <laughs> I can't wait to meet him someday, man. He, he gets tired easily. I will say that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he likes his he likes his naps. Okay. <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> I hunt at night. We we got it in what? Probably one this morning. Oh I'm man. A, and then you know we're back at work. You know, it's seven thirty. Luckily, my commute's real short. It's like from the other side of the house to this end of the house. But <laughs> yeah, I could get behind that siesta thing. Middle of yeah, the day, yeah. that's my jam. I could go for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. I really appreciate you coming on, John. I'm glad you were able to join us. I'm sure you're going to yep. get another invite here. <laughs> absolutely anytime anytime even ross said nice things about you so (laughs) you must be all right (laughs) oh yeah well thanks again guys and we'll talk to you soon i appreciate it jason yeah thank you